Hey everyone, so just a heads up for anybody who did not catch the last episode, this is our first two-part episode because our original recording turned out so massive that it doubled the time necessary for editing, so we figured we'd get the first half out sooner rather than later. And I highly recommend going back and listening to that first if you haven't already, uh, since it sets up a lot of the foundations that me and Colin discuss uh, regarding our thoughts on the Sonic franchise. Also, just a heads up, uh, throughout this recording... Basically, Colin's internet connection decided to throw a tantrum, so we had numerous points where his audio would just drop out, and I've edited around it as best I can, but you'll still notice it at moments, um, and that is just something we'll try and deal with in the future. Uh, in any case, thanks for your patience while listening to this, and uh, as of the day this is being uploaded, we are hoping to record our follow-up episode with Chris uh, regarding Sonic Comics, cartoons, and spin-offs, uh, hopefully this weekend and then up the following week. Uh, stay tuned. Um, keep keep tabs on our Twitter and Facebook pages at SketchWatchPlay. Uh, in case that status changes, that's where you will hear about it. Anyway, enjoy. Are you ready to get back into things, starting with those six? Absolutely. Got. I just. I think this is where I'm going to start the second part of the recording, but it's. It, I love the fact that I that when I you sound so eager to talk about Sonic 06. Well, it's fascinating because it uh, is fascinating. This is mm-hmm. one of the most infamous train wrecks in all of gaming now. Yeah. Such lofty ambitions, such clear effort put into production values, and yet such a disaster in almost every way. Except one. Which one? The music. Yep. I feel like that's a constant in Sonic games. Uh, like they generally nail their soundtracks, even uh, the, the exception being Sonic Chronicles, because apparently they had to redo it the last minute. Yeah, but um, which is fascinating because I had a, a wait. Are we recording yet? Yeah, I'm recording. Okay, cool. So, like, I used to have a theory about that—that that the quality of a Sonic game was inversely proportional to the quality of its music. Huh? Now, granted, Colors broke that. Well, Unleashed broke that for me, and then Colors like smashed that for me. Oh yeah. Because Colors had both good music and good... Uh, gameplay. Good gameplay. But Sonic 06. Oh, my God. Sonic 06. Where do we start with this? Um. Well, personally, personal anecdote. So, um, you got to remember, the Sonic 06 was announced right when... um when At the turn of the generation. Yeah, yeah. 360 was already out in PS3 and Wii were imminent. Were about to happen. And nobody really knew what to expect from the Wii. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't ported. And um, to be honest, um, this was also when I was starting college for the first time. So this yeah, no, same. This is where this was. This is the year I started college, and I think did you start in 06? Yeah, we started. We 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 met like about a year later. Yeah, yeah. This is how we first met. I, I, did Chris start 06? No, he'd been he'd been going for a while. Okay, yeah, because I, I didn't. I, I I think I brought up in the show. I didn't know Chris as well in school as I knew you and a lot of others. It yeah. was later on we got we got closer. Yeah. So. Um, around this time, I was trying to decide which next generation console I would pick up. Mm-hmm. And so this is where I jo- discovered the joy of roommates. So I had one roommate who already had an Xbox 360. I had new one roommate who already had a PS3. So I guess I figured with my loan refund money, I would be the guy who picked up the Wii. Okay, smart. So I dodged a bullet. I didn't know it at the time. I dodged one bullet and then actually picked up another gun. Would that be secret uh, secret rings? Yeah, so we're going to get into that. Yeah, but okay. We're still, yeah, 06. But, so 06. But they, they are tied together in terms of what made 06 what it is. Yeah. 
So, um, so Sonatin decided that they would have their, they would make the killer app for the next generation. Yeah, this is going to be their big comeback. But um, you remember earlier on, I said in um, in O three they split the games to make deadlines. Yes, and that was something that was going to come back to bite them later. Yes, on. please elaborate for those who don't know. So Sonic O six was meant to they they it was nowhere near ready, but they had to meet the two thousand six. Um, yeah, because it launched on 360 first, and I think they made a deal with Microsoft, like it has to be out at this point. Yeah, so they were, um, they had had a, a really um, fascinating um, t- uh, Tokyo Game Show demo, which where they announced the game, where yeah, Sonic look- runs through a forest, he meets a bunch of really futuristic um, Robotech Eggman robots, Yep. transforms into Super Sonic, and all while his world is belting out, and we're just, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. His world... Uh, and it's weird. It's fascinating. It's fascinating because there's another thing. Uh, there's a tangent there about the music and how lyrics apply. But that's for later. Hmm. So that was that summer of 2006. Suddenly they're rushing to get this game done. It needs to be done by 2006. Corners are cut. Levels are cut. Things are broken. It is a mess. But what was oh. the biggest? Uh, what was the fatal blow? Uh, you're gonna have to elaborate for me because I know I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not so. I'm, I, 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 this is why we brought up Secret Rings. Basically, Sega had intended, uh, before they, I think before they knew the Wii specs, to port it to Wii as well. But mm-hmm. since, you know, the Wii was basically a souped up GameCube. We couldn't do HD. The graphics couldn't get much better than the previous console. Uh, that's also why it was cheaper. And Sega, I think they gave it a look and they might have tried, but they're like, we, it's too much work to rework 06 to be Wii compatible. And they eventually just went, hey, uh, dev team. We're going to split you in half. Uh, half of you finish 06 in this crunch period where we need all of you. The other you make secret rings from scratch. That'll work out. Oh, they had, man. So they and had that's... no time to QA. T- I think there are the stories of people who QA tested 06 and were telling Sega, like, this this needs to be fixed. And they're like, nah. Yeah, and it's funny because I think a secret rings deserves its own sort of spot. And so it's things we, talk we talk about next. Um, but um, um, back on 06, oh, yeah. man. Everything but the music was a mess. Man, like we, like one other famous thing. Like I think the thing this game, like on internet subculture, it's just become infamous for the fact that Sonic is kissing a human princess at the end. Well, not just kissing is- to bring a, an impaled Sonic back to life. Sonic dies. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is that we, what, the problem that we have is that you see this sort of final fanification. Of yes, the if you Sonic watch story. the intro cuts FMV of, of this before Sonic shows up, like it looks good, but it looks there's nothing Sonic about it. It's just like f- fantastical Venice-like world of these humans. It's like animeish princess, well, I big mean, fire a, demons. You got well, Ifrit. From a, from a story perspective, Sonic uh, Eggman attacks a festival, mm-hmm. kidnaps a princess. Sonic saves a princess. Then in the cutscene, right after the in-game cutscene, in-engine cutscene, right afterwards, Sonic loses the princess. Then goes on a day-long trip to go find out information about Eggman, chases down his uh, spaceship, and then loses the princess yes. entirely. I, I'm like, I remember watching that first cutscene, thinking Mario's track record is not that bad. Oh, she gets kidnapped like four or five additional times with Sonic, right? Yeah. The story um, of this game is a goddamn mess. Like, this was the nadir of... Something I should have brought up earlier, because we are talking about, like, the adventure of 2K and Dark, is there can be a problem when the writers take Sonic stories too seriously. And this mm-hmm. is... This is Exhibit A. Like, there's no humor in it. Oh, and the other problem is that... Something we forgot to mention in the Shadow Review. 
the game's not really about Sonic at all. No, he is the least uh, essential in terms of any of the the characters that you play as. Shadow is, and so far, far more closely linked and involved with the overall plot. And that's a problem when the game's called Sonic the Hedgehog. If you wanted to call it Trunks the Hedgehog, you can absolutely call it Trunks the Hedgehog, because that's what Silver is. Silver is Trunks the Hedgehog. He is Trunks, yeah. The, I remember I always joked to people, like, this is how you can tell his bad. We're one of the main characters. It's a time-traveling psychic hedgehog who doesn't go fast. Yeah. Just um, from from the, from the moment go, like, Silver is not a good idea. And, oh, my God, that first boss battle with him. It's no use! It's no use! It's no use! It's no use! Well, honestly, I don't think Silver is inherently a bad idea. Um, I don't well, think but he- again, the ex- it's all in the execution. Exactly, because um, you you would see him revisited in generations where they do. Yeah, he's come well. back. Even though this whole game was retcon, I don't know what he's doing there anymore. Well, I mean, and that's something to touch touch on in generations. But okay. we'll 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 touch on it when we get to generations because it's a problem that Sega has with their characters mm-hmm. or Sonic Team has with their characters. But we'll hit on in generations. Yeah. But um, back on 06, because gameplay wise, Silver is not a bad idea. A a um, let's see what Sonic can do with the Unreal Engine. That's an interesting. Yep, they're all about idea. the physics. But Silver's not the way to go. Um, ga- um, Shadow has devolved even further because now he's like, I'm the, I'm not the gun guy. I'm the vehicle I'm- guy. And it's like, but why do you need a car? Yeah, you've got jet boots. And it's like, you don't even, it's like, not even why do you need a car? Why would you need any vehicle? Every- yeah, I was like that in Shadow's game too. Like, I don't want to ride this motorcycle. I can just run. I got to go well, fast. Like, like, barring straight up flight, you have enough ability to do anything. Like you don't need the hopper vehicle. You don't need the um. You don't need a. He can't shoot missiles space. out of himself. Granted. Yeah. So Shadow's just a mess. And then Sonic. What's interesting is that you would see the seeds of the of the boost formula starting to come together. Yeah. Yeah. In in the mock speed sections. Oh, but man, did they not pull it off? Oh man, for for the, for the summer of two thousand seven, the my favorite um my favorite phrase that you could always send me into into giggles was a breakdance of doom. I thought you were going to say, that tornado's carrying a car. That tornado's carrying a car. Well, because, like, if Sonic hit something, they didn't, they didn't animate, <laughs> they didn't do the stumble. That <laughs> he just goes flailing away. It's the weirdest, jankiest, oh, yeah, my God. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like he's breakdancing on crack because I couldn't. I, so yeah, I, I didn't play this game for a long time, and I recently watched uh, Game Informer's YouTube channel did a, a let's play of it, and man, their reactions to some of this shit, uh, <laughs> even when like they because they they reincorporate the adventure thing of jumping off several points, you know, in a scripted mm-hmm. manner, but he just is this weird like flying hand animation, and they started laughing. And were like, man, this is unintentionally one of the most one of the funniest games ever made. Oh, absolutely. To say nothing of the length of the levels, like oh, a typical God. Sonic level should be no more than five minutes at its hardest. Yeah, maybe eight, then, but it's like, oh, these things go on. And, like, it's another game where, like, it's unforgiving with its, like, li- like uh, life counter, no continues. If you didn't save, then you got to do fuck. And, I mean, I mean, even Mania has kind of made me revise that counter from five minutes to three minutes. Mm. Um but those levels are long, made worse by the loading time. I used yeah. To, I used to annoy my roommate because it would just, every time I say loading, I'm like, loading, loading, still loading. Still and there's loading. So, just so many of them, like, just even with bosses, like, load for the boss intro cutscene, in, 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 regardless of if it's the same environment, they'd load for the fight. Did they load for the results screen on boss battles? I think they did. Hang on. Sorry, uh, one more time. 
Um, no, I said I lost you. It's like you asked a question or something about what did they do for the boss? Did battles. they did they do uh, load screen transitions for the boss results screen? Yep. Holy shit! How did you, how do you do that? No idea. That's a and, special kind of ineptitude. And the other thing is that then you had the side quest too, which meant which amounted to nothing. Oh, filler and the worst, like these boring hubs and just like do a scavenger hunt, do a riddle, do math and oh. My my favorite one was okay. I'm gonna send you on a quest to find this guy. No, oh, wait, wait, captain no, of the guard. Yeah, like first talk first. So first, yeah. hit A to talk to the person. It was a riddle. Then okay, here's a riddle. Loading screen. Go talk to all the other people in town. Loading screen. Uh, loading. loading screen. Talk to the guard. Captain of the guard. The guy who gave you the quest. Oh, by the way, I'm the guy. Who it was me all along. What a twist. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, and then, and then of course, loading screen, and then oh, oh, by the way, this is all to open a door. Yes, and compounded by the fact that these are photorealistic humans. Like Adventure and Shadow, at least because of like technological reasons, were more anime-ish. Uh, yeah. Same with X. This is just ugly-looking early three hundred and sixty regular people and regular cats and dogs. Well, and here's a here's a thing, fascinating thing. Um, this is a tangent that I think um that that will come back to Sonic is uh, yeah. When Pixar first announced that they were going to do a movie, and they said that they were going to use Toy Story and the focus was going to be on the toys, yep, they said, yep. well, because we can't get photorealistic humans We're not yet. there yet. If we tried, we would, it would be very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sega did not get this memo. <laughs> and while the photorealistic humans clash horribly with the noodle-limbed Sonic characters, yeah. the character who gets it the worst is Dr. Eggman. Oh, my God. It's scary. Um, and like, that was just... Mm. No, have you seen people uh, hack the game to remove his glasses and you can see his eyes? Yeah, it's just disturbing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even with the glasses, it's just, you're not... I don't care about this this bald uh, bald uh, mustache. Yeah, and poor Mike Pollock, because they made the character really serious, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, he had to do kind of a different voice for it, and I'm just like, this is not working. Nothing about this is working. Nothing about this game. Jesus. I don't so know it's, 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 it's very telling that um, that the, the next game after that, on, a, on consoles at least, because we do need to catch up with one of the spinoffs that would become vitally important in Saving Sonic, mm-hmm. um, the next game would would use Pixar-esque characters. Yes. Yes. And that wor- I worked out so much better for me. Um, but um, speaking of – but I think – I don't know. There's not really much else to say other than the music is really good. The music is really good, and I love the fact – that the entire game story is retconned out of existence at the end. Oh yeah, so basically like, you can um, legit ignore it. Yeah, um, and I think it's very frustrating because like Silver by him, Silver is an interesting character concept. It's um, he, he's a what's the Terminator guy's name? He's Kyle. Re- he's the Kyle Reese of Sonic. Mm-hmm. Well, not just that, but his powers are so at, at at odds with the rest of the characters. Like he can approximate Sonic mm. by flying. But he doesn't. But he he's fundamentally a different character from a different game, and it's yeah. fascinating to see how he plays off of Sonic. Really, I just think the saddest slash funniest thing about this whole endeavor is you. It was hyped up so much. There was such grand ambition for this to be such a return to form, and instead it became still probably the low point, lowest point the series has ever re- reached. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which maybe is rise of lyric, which is fascinating because. The seeds of saving Sonic were happening over at Nintendo. Yep. Yep. So, what's the next game you want to talk about? Um. Well, first, let's t- talk about the the game that I'm not talking about in terms of saving Sonic. Um. Sonic. Um. And the and the secret and the yeah. secret rings. Now, and then we'll uh, talk about that other savior of Sonic. 
Yeah, uh, the Wii, I love the fact that after that they were like, the sequel was Black Knight, like, you could, they had a label like the Sonic Storybook Series, and it began and ended with that. Um, I actually remember I didn't mind Secret Rings that much when I played it, but I still was not touting it as like, oh, this is a return to form, because they made, what a weird decision to make an on-rails, like, driving control kind of Sonic. Like, instead of a steering wheel, you were using the Wiimote. You there? Yeah. Sorry. I lost uh I lost you for a bit. Yeah. Um but anyway, you were saying about on the Wii. Yeah, Sonic and Secret Rings. Um this is like such a weird point because uh I, I actually remember I did have an okay time with it, but I still was not acting like, well this is the return to form because who what a terrible idea to make like an on rails like steering wheel control just to incorporate the Wiimote. Oddly enough, it's fascinating because I didn't mind it. I just hated that it started off so slow. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I felt like Secret Rings was a great proof of concept for the Wii, but yeah. it was not anywhere near a killer app for no, it. No, not for the Wii or Sonic. But um, I, I mean, I played it completion. That's more than I can say about Shadow and a lot of other ones. Yeah, um, like because with the, with- yeah, you talk about the slow beginning. Like Sonic had experience and level up in this, which was also incorporated to Unleashed later. Uh, but that meant. You had it had to build up to him reaching the speed you're used to. Mm-hmm. Which, which I guess I get. I I sort of get on a level of on an auto scroller. You want to have as much control as you can before you relinquish it to um to the character. Mm-hmm. But that was too much speed to be relinquished. Similarly, yep. like it's very telling that after Secret Rings and really that era of that 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 initial um learning period that motion controls would largely disappear from the Wii. And uh, by that, priority, at least. Yeah, exactly. Um, I misspoke. Exactly that. And that, like, the idea of using turning the Wii remote on a side, holding it like an SNES controller, and using the tilt to control Sonic is a really good idea. It's just that the Wii remote was not precise enough to handle that. Yep, yep. To the say whole, nothing that whole of, motion gaming fat era was so strange. Um, well, I, I get where they're coming from. You want to simplify, we, and we did get some good it. games out of it. I'll admit, but uh, but it was not. It didn't work out. Yeah, um, and, and did, likewise with the. Mm? No, you go ahead. Likewise with what? With the story, it allowed Sonic to do some things that he's never been able to really do. I, yeah, it was strange though because it was like, well, it's inside a book, and so the characters he meets in this look like Knuckles and like, but they're not. It's just mm-hmm. a weird thing. Um, and then it um. Um, and then even like, uh, with the whole ending of him, like feeling lost from Shara, which is not the, the, the example I was alluding to earlier with, when I, we were talking about Sonic X, mm-hmm. but the idea of this rage driven, um, demon Sonic, uh, dark spine Sonic being the final, uh, form. Yeah. The, yeah. Which is fascinating because, uh, um, seven rings is still one of my favorite Sonic themes. Are you talking about the seven the rings in hand? Yeah. Like, again, the, the music is still freaking yeah. amazing. Oh, do you know who the guy is who's saying that? Uh, no. I looked him up. Uh, you've seen Cowboy Bebop, right? Yeah. He is the guy who's saying Ed's farewell song, Call Me, Call Me. Huh. Which wow. is like one of the best tear jerkers in anime, if you ask me. Ooh, I've learned something new. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting because that's when they start to wean themselves off of Crush 40 a little bit. Like, yeah. Um, like, Jin Sunoe is still the, the, the music director for up until uh, Colors, but... Um, but they're starting to wean themselves off of it. And you're getting some, actually, I think you're getting some sort of fascinating um, um, musical compositions because I like Crush 40, but you can tell that like when, they're, when they're, they don't have full control over the music, they, they're they not quite as on point. Right. Like I remember 
uh, their shadow songs not being my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and but uh, do you want to talk about Black Knight at all? Uh, I never played it. Y- yes and no. Okay. What's interesting is that Secret Rings plays into a problem that Sonic that Sonic Team has admitted that they always have is that Sonic games do never do never do well enough to know that they're to be considered successful. Mm. But they never do so poorly that the mistakes are abundantly clear. So they're always uncertain. Exactly. So they they're always selling well. They're always selling well enough. That's why you have so many different explosions of 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 creativity. Be, speaking generously, and that's because, why the series has never ended, despite having so many duds. Exactly. Um. Because uh. Because okay. Well, you're doing. It's like when you go into a live stream and the same three or five people show up. You're not doing poorly because people are still showing up, but you're not doing well because more people are not showing up. You're not expanding your audience. Exactly. Yeah. So um, Black Knight was the result of that, wherein Secret Rings did well enough that it deserved another shot. Um, And so they gave it to to, to the Secret Storybook series. Mm -hmm. Um, However, they wanted to take the the sort of, they wanted to expand on it. So they gave Sonic a sword. They got um, a whole bunch of like, crazy awesome uh um musicians to do the comp- comp- compositions like you had tommy tellerico you had uh, somebody from some really big rock band. tommy tellerico worked on black knight yeah huh. um you had somebody from um marty something or other from uh some band that i don't pay attention to <laughs> um who did the uh, the final theme um with me um and of Wait, course you what? had crush 40 on um doing a uh, night of the wind yeah but by this point like we've kind of gotten tired of Sonic and um this um, was like almost peak dark age I feel I, like post 06 nobody had hope for him anymore and not only that but like all of the warning signs were in Black Knight you had a gimmick yep you had a sword yep. you had the other gimmick it was motion controls yep you had the butt rock which I yep. mean I love Sonic music but it's butt rock um you had a a um, a scenario that didn't make sense for Sonic. I mean, not even not even ignoring the sword. Like, oh, he's fighting King Arthur. Why? Um. So a whole bunch of things that did not work for Sonic, which apparently is unfortunate because apparently Black Knight was not that bad. Wait, did you not um, play it? I I this was around the time where like people were also making fun of me for Sonic, and I was trying mm. to be a little. This was also in college because in college we. John and I come from a very critical school mm-hmm. and a school wherein if your work is not good, you don't pass the class. Oh, that's my story. <laughs> and so the, what, what gets worse is that what's basically if you were if you were Michael Bay and you wrote Transformers and you presented it in class, you would fail the class. Mm. So that started to color my perceptions of uh, quality, wherein I would be less likely to accept stuff just because it had one or two of my favorite elements in it. So a Sonic game in and of itself is not enough to sell me on a Sonic game. Mm-hmm. Like I had to, so by this point I'd kind of wean myself off and I was just like, I'm going to wait until the reviews. The reviews were not kind enough for me. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up skipping it, but watching it later on Let's Play is just like, oh, this is not a bad game, just not worth the $60 they want me to pay for it. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, ended up never playing. Yeah, we should move on or uh, to because I think this next one we're gonna have some interesting points. Because do you have anything you want to talk about before Unleashed? Uh, actually, yes. Um, Which ones? So we're gonna go back to six, and this is gonna tangent into the next game, not Unleashed. 
Um, so one of the more fascinating elements of of uh, 06 was a character named Blaze the Cat. Yep. Are you talking about so, where she originally came from? So yeah, so Blaze the Cat in in Sonic 06 was a um, was a companion of Silver the Hedgehog from the future. Yeah. Now, unbeknownst to the developers of Sonic 06, um, Sonic um, team had also contracted a um, the aforementioned Dimps we talked about with Sonic Advance and Sonic mm-hmm. Advance 2. They contracted them to do a, a to port Sonic onto the Nintendo DS. And so what they did was they created a game called Sonic Rush. Right. Which and, came out first. And yeah. that was Blaze's debut. Is that why she has a different backstory in that game? Yeah, because they didn't know what the, the Sonic 06 team was going to do. So in that game, Blaze is from another dimension. Whoops. Yep. Now, the way I like to read the story, because I'm a nerd, is that after the Blaze, because in the game Sonic 06, Blaze seals the, the bad guy of the game, Iblis, into herself and then seals herself off in another dimension. Yeah, she sacrificed herself. After that, time is reset. So the events of the game never happen. But maybe she's still in another dimension? Exactly. Yeah, so basically, she steals herself in the another dimension with those firepowers. And so, but with the reset, she's always been from that dimension. Yeah, that works. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about Rush. I didn't play that much of it, but this one key, I know one key thing to talk about, this was the introduction of the boost meter. The exactly. So in so this again so we we talked about earlier about how Dims had sort of bought into the hype of Sonic must go fast. Gotta go fast. Now they sort of tempered this a little bit in Sonic Advance Three, and they kind of perfected it with the Rush series. But they introduced, like as John said, an element wherein if you held down the um, the the action button, I'm going to call it the action button. Yeah, not the jump uh, button. Um, you would perform a, a instantaneous boost. And there was a meter for it that was recharged. It basically replaced well, spin dash. Well, essentially, because with the spin dash, what happened is you would you would charge it for three seconds, uh, two or three seconds. Mm-hmm. You would let it go, and then you would eventually, unless you were on a slope, you would lose momentum. Yeah, if you didn't have the momentum, it would slow down. To, boost to is just like, again. fuck momentum. But with the boost formula, you just automatically start the boost, and it's sustainable as long as you do, as long as you perform aerial tricks similar to a, skateboard, a skateboarding game. Yeah. Um, the idea being that you have to conserve your boost, or in theory, the intended consequence is that you conserve your boost for when you really need it. At higher levels of play, it's about how long you can sustain your boost while doing the things necessary to maintain that boost. Yeah, especially for and, speed run. Which is essentially, basically, play a Sonic game like you would Sonic. Maintain your momentum, but also at the same time, be as stylish as possible yeah, or you're going kind to of stop. A new spin on it. You would also have to learn how to um, learn the learn the lay- level layouts because if you boosted into a brick wall, that was your fault. Hmm. Or worse, and this is as Dips is starting to, to give into the worst of their excesses, a bottomless pit. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah. But the reason why I credit Rush with saving the series is that it introduced that idea of momentum through um, like momentum through careful play. Right, and this brings um, yeah. us to Unleashed. Yeah. Um, Which was, I still think it's very flawed. Well, I think everybody knows it's very flawed for well, one specific reason. But I think this was the first sign of a step in the right direction. Oh, uh, well, actually, I would go back one game, the game we just talked about, and say that was the first step. Okay, but I, I mean, in terms of the big uh, home console games. Oh, actually, yeah, well. This was the first first uh, HD one post-06. Well, and I think the other issue there is that it speaks to a mentality that the the fandom at large has that I have a problem with that we will talk about later. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah. Go so on Unleashed. So Doctor Eggman. So the game basically starts off 
with oh, the, we talked about this. This amazing uh, well, intro. Yeah. It's like like the it would be the climax to another game. Yeah, like, it starts off at the end of another Sonic game. Um, Doctor Eggman is in space with his evil robots. Sonic turns, Sonic, Sonic turns supersonic. He chases down Eggman. They do their 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 game, basically saying, "Look, we both know how this goes. Just give up, and you're fine." Except that this is the beginning of a Sonic game and not yep. the end. So Doctor Eggman traps Sonic, uses him like a uses him like the Death Star to bust open the planet, unleash um unleash Cthulhu because basically that guy is essentially Cthulhu because they're yeah. I thought that almost was kind of strange, but yeah. And then turn Sonic into a wolf hog. I refuse yeah. to refer him to him by his actual name because a were hog is a man is a yes. man Where means Sonic is, yeah. It should, meaning, be, it should yeah. be uh hedge wolf. So Sonic is already a werehog. Yes, so, and so the wolf, side effect of this whole thing is that every night he wolfs up. Yeah, so either Hedgewolf, Wolfhog, whatever you want to call it, he basically turns into Kratos as um, uh, by way of um, yep. of I don't know, lycanthropy. Yeah, uh, he he's he can't run fast anymore, but he's stronger and his arms can stretch for some reason. Yeah. Um, so he falls so, back on Earth, finds this little chip. He looks like a flying chihuahua. Yeah. And they set out to, because the world's been broken apart, they find out putting the Chaos Emeralds in certain temples will restore it uh, while fighting a yeah. the way. And so what happens is that there's the, 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 the worst excesses of Sonic Team's design philosophies start to sort of fall away. Mm-hmm. Like in They're 06. Still to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Like in 06, they, people had complained about the, the amount of playable characters. Because, yes, there were three main yeah, campaigns. Yeah. I feel like from this Sonic, point onward, it's like, okay, we're just, we'll, you'll see some of the other characters, but it's just Sonic again. Well, yeah, because there were like three campaigns. There were Sonic, Silver, and Shadow, and each of them had three other hanger, two other hangers on. Sonic had oh yeah, Tails, the buddies that you Silver had. And they fucked those yeah, up Silver too. Had, yeah, yeah, Silver had Amy and Blaze, and then um, Shadow had Rouge and uh, and and Omega. Gamma. Yeah, or Gamma. Uh, which um, one's okay, which was Omega? The, which was which robot was the one in Adventure? Was that Omega or Gamma? That was Gamma. That was Gamma. The new one's Omega. Yeah. Okay. So Sonic Team took their advice and said, "Okay, well, we need Sonic, but we also need another gameplay style." But mm. If we give the give it to another character, like say Cough Cough Knuckles, um, the fans will complain about why Shadow isn't playable or Tails isn't playable and yeah. so on. So let's condense it down. Let's Sonic. make another form for Sonic. Yeah, which sucks to me because honestly, um, in 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 America it's called Sonic Unleashed. In, oh yeah, um, I know the Japanese title. In Japan, it's called Sonic World Adventure. Yep. Now, what would have been fascinating to me is Sonic and Knuckles World Adventure. Would mm-hmm. you have bought that? I on the maybe. name alone. Yes. I mean, not in, the, not in the... Hang on, I lost you again. Okay, cool. I'm sorry, I lost, I've lost you for like the last 30, 40 seconds. It's okay, everybody just, you guys just heard me screaming. It's funny. Um, but I, I, I would have bought it, I mean, yeah, the name alone, Nasaka Knuckles World Adventure would be better, would have been better. Because, like, the, the gameplay style of the, of the, where, of the Wolfhog works better with Knuckles. Yeah. Like he runs around and punches things, and his his plot could be, oh, the 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 death laser from the sky shattered the Master Emerald, and you now Sonic I emeralds. Yep, and then Sonic and now Knuckles is on a quest for the Master Emerald pieces, yeah. while Sonic is on a quest. I for guess the my bigger problem with with the Warhog is that the combat is very shallow. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's 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 weird because I don't think it's shallow as there's not much incentive to try out the uh, the later moves. Yeah, it's and that becomes very repetitive because of that. Because um, like he has a very extensive move set. 
Yeah. There's no incentive to use it. Yeah, you can get by with the most basic of combos. And I mean in a game like a like a um, Devil May Cry, that's fine. But not for a game like Sonic Unleashed, wherein the draw is the daytime stages of Sonic, not yep. the nighttime stages. Mm-hmm. Which and also honestly, if they had beefed up the platforming just a little bit, it probably would have been tolerable. But the, yeah, the I, I remember finding some of the platforming there iffy too because of how he moved in the perspectives. Yeah. They need to fine-tune that if they were going to rely on slower platforms. Because, actually, I do want to bring up, this is going into elements of game design, and I've there have been interviews with some of the designers, and they say kind of the reason they would lean towards stuff like that is because if you want to make a regular Sonic going fast level, the problem is you spend a lot of time making a big level that that is over real quick. So they were worried about the game's longevity. Well, to say nothing of what happens when you... Um when you eventually break the game and then suddenly there's entire chunks of work that are not that are not there. Mm. Like in um in the daytime stages, which we'll get to in a second, there's a level where in Sonic there's a set piece where Sonic is supposed to race up a a, a clock tower. Yes. Um, however, if you watch speedrunners and they play the broken game, they basically ramp off the um off the beginning of the game and then skip to the halfway point of the game <laughs> past a clock tower. <laughs> Most of the game, so most of that level is not played. Wow. So yeah, and sp- at least in speed runs anyway. Yeah. But um, and just just quick, like the other issues of padding, the hub world satellite quests still aren't as bad as uh, 06, but they're still intrusive. And I really don't like the metal uh, collecting mechanic. Yeah. You, just, you basically have to like, you know, the idea is to unlock later levels. There are sun and moon levels metals to connect in each both daytime and nighttime levels, and you often have to go back and replay levels to uh, collect them. And that's kind of artificial and even frustrating when you don't know where they are. Well, and it's also what's frustrating about the hub, too, as well, is that, like, Sonic Team had sort of learned from the hubs in Adventure, in Adventure 2, by getting rid of them. Yeah. Um, And then they brought them back because of 06 and the fans, and it's like, well, you still don't need them. And honestly, this actually segues into the other version of Sonic Unleashed, the Wii PS2 version. Yeah, where the hub worlds were replaced with menus. Yeah, and you're honestly not missing much. And did, did they keep the medals, though, in that version? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. still findable. But they're not as bad. Yeah, I've heard some people prefer that version because of that. Um, Honestly, from a gameplay standpoint, I at the time, I gave it a better rating than the... Uh, than the uh, HD version. Yeah, because the the balance was the balance of the boost meter was better ga- was better centered around um, management rather than just simply holding yeah. it and grabbing so do you, rings. Do you want to talk about the daytime levels now? Oh uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I feel like we kind of need to go shorter with some of these games. We're going to be here all evening. Ah, uh, well, that's what editing's for. But I get okay. you. I feel you. So like, so the nighttime stages are one half of the game. The daytime stages basically take the the boost formula from Unleashed. And transpose it into 3D. Yeah, they're kind of doing the mock speed sections right because you have proper control. Mm-hmm. And what, what gets interesting and fascinating about the daytime levels of Unleashed is that the exploration takes a strange turn as well. Mm-hmm. Like before, it was basically wide open exploration. Yeah, instance. this was more narrow, kind of uh, autom- almost guided uh, areas to, to account for uh, how fast you were now going. This was uh, this was like the biggest example. I'll wait for you to come back. Okay. Hang on, I lost you for a little bit. Yeah, there we go. We're good. Uh, no, I was just saying this was 
this I because I remember seeing the trailers for the daytime levels before the game was out, and I was like, this not only did this look like a genuine reinvention of 3D Sonic, but it looked like one that caught my interest. Well, and the thing is that it was interesting with that is that the exploration changes um, because and now instead of this wide open world where you can go fast in any direction you want, you have a linear corridor. Yeah, so it was more about reaction time. But not only well, not only was it about reaction time, but it was also about replay value. Yes. Because suddenly it's not just find the route; it's find the best route. Were, were red rings route. introduced in this game? No, that would be colors. Okay. But it was like find the find um. Find the best, best best time? Okay, redo it. Find another route. Get good enough to try the alternate route. See mm-hmm. if you compare compare notes between your first route and your second route. Um uh, play through your second route. Find the um find the branch, the, the next branch that leads off of there. Yeah. And so on There's and so, so many points where in this format where like you go you're going there and like right when you jump off to one one ledge, you see another one that's now just out of your reach. So you're like, oh next time I play, I wanna perfect that and see what's over there. And I like that. And the issue is that that then you get the detractors where the this is where the idea of the boost to win comes from. Even though it had already pre-existed in Advance, Advance Two, um, Rush, and Rush Adventure. Yeah, because when you boost, circle. you're basically invincible when it comes to standard enemies. Not so much mm-hmm. stage hazards. In fact, it's riskier since you could fall in the pits and stuff. But that's probably the element they're talking about. And this is what I liked about the PS2 version was that you were limited to a certain number of charges for your boost, and it wasn't unlimited. Oh, it wasn't so one to- regenerating meter for three. Yes. Yeah. Basically, okay. like the the meter would regenerate if you collected rings, but it was you were instead of having a continuous stream of boost, you were you were basically unleash them in charges. Yeah. Aha, see what I did there is a pun. Okay. Um, um, and so you would have to basically conserve your charges to hit the 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 max the best time for boosting. Boost. So it was all strategic timing of when you use your charges and when to save them. Yeah, but the HD version didn't do that. No. Um. So uh um so. Yeah, so um, the fans kind of, and the detractors was like, oh, well, all you do is hold boost to win. It's like, but then you watch the speedrunners, and you'll notice that the speedrunners' times are almost half of what your average time is, even without the the, the, the breaks like uh, Quick Step, uh, QSS, and yeah. uh, level breaks. Because they know the right times to use it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, last I think I'll just say overall, it's... It's worth playing, but there a lot of the more the padding elements, like how the Warehog levels work and progression with the medals, kind of hold it back from greatness. Agreed. Like I, for me, it's like a seven out of ten. Although Actually, I, have this- I, I brought this up in my mod video. If you want to play Unleashed, the best way to do it is there's a mod for the PC version of Generations. We'll talk about Generations itself in a bit. Called the Unleashed Project, which is basically fans manually ported all the daytime levels into that. Uh, so, and it was also the game ran very poorly in the HD version. Like the frame rate was often abysmal. Oh um, God, yeah. But it, in this, you're playing uh, 60 FPS uh, on the generations engine mechanics. All those daytime levels, except uh, Eggman Land, because that was a mix of that and Warehog, and they couldn't figure that out. Uh, and no metals, and just pure. It's it's awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that's the way to play Unleashed if you have access to that. So but, uh, if so if. Ahead. If Unleashed was a step in the right direction, Colors was basically finding it. crap. We found yeah. our way. They, they, it's so funny remembering like my initial thoughts of it because this was the first one where I'm like, I have zero interest. It's like, oh, it's only on the Wii. It's got this goofy name. This is going to be nothing. And well, then, actually, well, before we get to, to Sonic Colors, because this is actually reminds me of something. Um, so remember how you said you weren't um, that you weren't interested in the Wii version? Yeah. 
Well, remember what else was coming out at the time? On Wii? Not um, not just on Wii, but in Sonic. Chronicles? No. What? So um, around this time, um, they, they'd gotten Unleashed right. But around this time, Mega Man 9 had just come out. And Capcom, everyone was oh, celebrating Capcom. Sonic 4. Now, let me finish. There's a story with this. Hmm? Um, also around this time, um, Nintendo was reintroducing the... Are you talking about New Super Mario Brothers Wii? Or New Super Mario Brothers? But there had been no 2D Mario game, so they introduced New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And Sega thought, well, let's get in on this. Let's also get in on the DLC aspect of it. And so they introduced... Sonic 4? Yep. Sonic the Hedgehog 4, a quote-unquote return to form... Hmm. Um, using the modern um, the modern mechanics, uh, a mix of the modern mechanics and the classic mechanics in a HD shell, but still being Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a oh boy. messy game. I I actually barely played it because um, it was two releases, and I think they planned for it to be more episodic, but they just canned it because just people weren't big on it. Well, yeah, because like the idea was. Okay, well, Dims has been doing pretty well so far with their Sonic games. Mm-hmm. So let's give them a full-on Sonic game, and this should be easy. I mean, you just make reskin Green Hill Zone, reskin Mystic Cave, reskin Metropolis, the casino. reskin Casino Nights, and you're good. Nope. Um, but the problem is that the level design was not very interesting. I heard people complain about the physics too. They didn't know oh. the physics. Well, the thing is that if you play the, the you play Sonic Four like a like a like Sonic Rush or Sonic Unleashed, it's fine because those games are basically get to the end point, then replay to 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 get the fastest time, then replay again to get the fastest time. They're mm-hmm. not about exploration. However, if you play them from a a a classic mindset, which is what they were trying, which bear in mind they were asking us to do. Yeah. Suddenly, I want to explore. Wait, why am I standing on a wall? <laughs> Also, um, I remember thinking episode one looked kind of ugly. Like, it had too much of a pre-rendered sheen to it. Um, Absolutely. And then, I mean, but then when two came out, it was more like what I'd hoped it would look like. Yeah, and the thing is that, like, the th- we were also have to remember we were in the age of the HD. Hello? I'm here. Okay, cool. We're also in the age of the HD 4K super realistic boom. Yeah. Where they thought that, you know, throwing lots of fidelity, that's the term I've come, I've come to use, throwing lots of fidelity at a project would inherently make it look better. And that's not inherently true. You need an aesthetic. Aesthetic, um, uh, fidelity cannot make up for a lack of aesthetic. Mm. Um, so, and we, we would see that later on. Um, so you have this sort of janky looking Sonic who runs like classic Sonic, which doesn't really, the wheel of feet works. The hands at side does not work. Mm. Um, at least not for modern Sonic. Yeah. Um, the um, the music is all rightish, but you know if you had picked a if you if you hadn't been so beholden to the Genesis Mega Drive um, uh, like MIDI compositions, you might have had something cool or memorable. Um, and in, in terms of gameplay, um, either go all the way classic or go all the way advanced. Um, uh, um, Rush. Oh, they, they try to hit in between here, I guess. Yeah. Don't try to ape what you think it works, because it's not going to work. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, I think we kind of need to start cutting down on how long we talk about each title. We're going to be here all day. I. I okay. So um, yeah. So so going back, getting back on track. So while so Sonic Sega team Sega is hyping up Sonic Four as the return to Sonic, and yep. on the side they've got this little project. 
that nobody is really taking seriously. I mean, it's Eggman. He's got an amusement park that he's made up. It's only on nobody the Wii. Cares. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Nobody cares about the about this amusement park that Eggman has made. Nobody cares about these sci- these space aliens that give yeah, Sonic yeah. weird power ups. Oh, that's the new yeah. gimmick. Alien Everybody, Everybody's talking about how Sonic is now becoming Mario Galaxy, Sonic Galaxy. And oh, by the way, there's a there's a a DS port. And it's basically Sonic Rush 3. Nobody yes, cares it is. about it. Yes, it is. Dimps, boost formula, uh, yeah. very similar look. And then it comes out. And the gameplay is super solid. Yeah. The level design is all right. It's it's really good. It plays to the strengths of Sonic. It yeah. does 3D until it does 3D until the 3D runs out, and then it just goes 2D. Well, yeah, Unleashed did that too. The attempt. This is like I think we didn't realize this was going to be the daytime mecha- like uh, foundation, but no werehog or padding. Oh, uh, well, yes and no. To a degree, to a less degree. Um, the, the padding comes from the, remember I said that it did 3D as much as it could until it couldn't 3D anymore and then it went 2D? Yeah. The 2D takes up the bulk of the padding in the supplemental missions. I'll take it over the werehog. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's funny because now that's actually under the theory in my hand that I'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, the wisps, the color power-ups, we make fun, but they also add a level of dimension to Sonic that he sorely needed, at least yeah. in the modern context. No, they work because they don't they don't take over the game for extended periods. Like they all have, mm-hmm. almost all have meters, and uh, I think they're cute little characters. That amazing announcer, laser. I think that helps. <laughs> and of course, they the levels are built primarily around Sonic first, with alternate paths built for the Wisps. Yep. Yep. And the the aesthetic. So remember how we we're saying with Sonic Four had lots of fidelity but poor aesthetic. Yeah, this had a new, but it was consistent with the amusement well, park uh, trap. Well, not just amusement park, but oh my God, look, there's palm trees in space. Does that make sense? Absolutely not. How big is this amusement park? It doesn't matter. Is it, <laughs> is it realistic? Absolutely not, but it's pretty. Yeah. Um, Sweet Mountain, it's an entire planet made out of food. Does this make sense? No. Does the food oh. look realistic? Absolutely not. But is it pretty? Does it have a, a consistent color palette? Yes. This um, aquarium park, um, yep. The skeleton coaster, I forget the name of it. Asteroid um, coaster, ter- I love. Yeah, asteroid co- coaster, terminal velocity. Basically, it was fresh. It felt fresh. And and it had to because it was running on the Wii. The oh, Wii couldn't, they couldn't go for uh, prioritizing the fidelity. Exactly. So you had to do the Super Mario Galaxy route of this looks really, really pretty. Even Have if imagination. I can't see the, yeah, which I Yeah, prefer. even if I can't see oh, the details. Oh, on and also, uh, not, game, not remember, but this is what we're talking about. This is when they switched to American writers. Yeah. So and basically, the writers got, for this like, the were best, guys some of the most natural feeling dialogue you'd had up to that point. Uh huh. And we, um, so basically, the writers they brought in were the guys who did Happy Tree Friends. Yes, and Friends. a show without dialogue. And what's interesting is that this is also a this also marks a shift. Um, whereas Unleash had sort of hinted at it with the opening cutscene. Here, um, all the characters were full on aware of their, their roles within the story. Yeah, there was there was this went to a very ton in cheek feel. They were no longer trying to make it feel like a serious epic dark thing. This was like Sonic started out lighthearted and comedic. Let's take it back to that. Are you there? Okay. Okay. Not- okay cool. We're back. Cool. Where, where did you lose one. me? Um. So. Um. So yeah, we get this self awareness like. Like at three independent points, independent of each other, Sonic and Tails and Dr. Eggman make note of the fact that Sonic and Tails have nothing better to do but to ruin his schemes. Yeah, and the fact that Eggman's scheme is that he's made this amusement park to make up for his past crimes. He's saying over the loudspeaker, like, this is in no way a front for another evil scheme. Mm-hmm. Like this, I think this is when Mike Pollock really got to flourish because uh, Eggman became such a 
jokey, over the top character, and you also got uh, Orbot and Cubot. Oh yeah, and then the, and which is funny because there have been iterations of Orbot and Cubot throughout the franchise. But well, they're scratching ground or originally pretty much. Well, and then De- uh, Deco and Boko in uh, Sonic yeah, X. Yeah, and then Unleashed had like a proto Orbot. Orbot, yeah, which we'll we'll get into later when we get we hit Archie and, um, and the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you also get this sort of um, not self awareness. Um, but uh, the writing is just really solid and really witty, and also yeah. the voice cast switch. This was yeah, this was a second recast, and I remember I was like, this is probably the best voice tales I've ever had in a game. Well, and I would say the same goes for Sonic as well. Yeah, he, I um, I still always find him a little jarring just because like Roger Craig Smith goes for such a deeper voice uh, than any other, but he does he does work. Well, and not only that, but he doesn't. It doesn't feel forced. No, it doesn't. Like um, we'll tackle this later, but Jaleel White is is it feels like the pressure is on from the '90s to stay cool. Yeah, we'll talk about him. And then um, and with Jason Griffith, he's translating um Junichi Kanemaru into English. As he's too to, happy. Yeah, he's just too jaunty and jovial for Sonic. That's my problem with him. But Roger Craig Smith, um, um, he, he got it almost has like a cynical feel to it at points. Well, what's interesting about this is that this was also not their first rodeo. Wait, who's? Um, the, the new voice cast. Oh, they did Free Riders first, right? Yeah. Yeah, one of the worst games, apparently. I've never even played it because it's like a connect, it's, but whatever. It, it's worse than 06 because at least 06 you can play. <laughs> but anyway, back on Colors. So Colors, um, Sonic experiences a sort of resurgence, but not as big as Sega would want because the game comes out on the Wii and it's also marred by the, by the, by the infamy, what would become infamy of Sonic 4. Yeah, yeah, kind of a messy period, even despite the game being great on its own terms. Um, however, what they um, so, but they do realize that people like Sonic. They like Sonic in 3D, and they can they can they can justify Sonic in 2D, but they're not sure that they can 100% guarantee that people will be 100% on board with that. And as you mentioned earlier, when we were talking about Unleashed. They still can't make a full game that's just modern Sonic because that's just too much. So game. they pull the nostalgia card harder than ever before. Oh God, yes. So at uh, I forget when it was they announced a trailer and it's Sonic running through a white void and they're like yeah whatever Sonic's cool whatever and then at the end of the trailer another Sonic is running with and him. it's the old design. Yeah, because like in, in around when Sonic jumped to three D, Sonic yeah, we talked about this adventure. They redesigned everybody. He essentially, everybody essentially hit puberty. Sonic was originally for, like shorter and chubbier. Well, not only that, everybody hit puberty except for including Dr. Eggman for some reason. <laughs> I don't know how a 45 to 50 year old man hits puberty and gets like gains like three extra inches, but somehow he did. His limbs got a lot of ganglier, yeah. Yeah. And so the, I, the hook with this new game, which would be titled Sonic Generations, is that. Sonic and Tails, classic Sonic and Tails, as they would come to be known. Yeah, it's a time, it's a time warp plot. Um, would be pulled out of time to help Sonic and Tails deal with a new Eldritch abomination. Time Eater. Uh, that, yeah. That yeah, and the setup, uh, let me just say, yeah, the setup is that it's Sonic Birthday, because this was a uh, 20th anniversary game. Mm-hmm. They actually, they do that, like, uh, Adventure 2 was a 10th anniversary game, 06 was 15th anniversary, um, and I'm not even sure they wanted Media and Forces to be uh, 25th, but didn't want to rush them. Um, but yeah, the plot is that Sonic's birthday is happening when all of a sudden this time meter shows up, sucks everybody to this white void, and Sonic is going through old environments to restore them and fix things. And what's cool about that is that that offers a 
modern take on old classics. Now, some yes. of them are so immutable that you can't really And a do classic much. take on modern, because the idea is when he meet, when he meets up with uh, classic Sonic, you play each level twice. Uh, once in a pure side-scrolling Genesis-style uh, moveset as classic Sonic, and then once in the boost formula as, as modern Sonic. And this actually grosses into an issue that I have with the reemergence of classic Sonic, but I'll okay. get into that in a second. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. Um, so you get these, these, some of these games, these levels are immutable. Like Green Hill Zone is always going to look like Green Hill Zone, but Chemical Plant takes an entirely different new Oh, shine. it's awesome in modern. Uh, mm-hmm. The slides, those big drops. Yeah, a lot. It's really cool to see, you know, um, levels from one distinct era get a real huge facelift when you play in the other way. And of course, sometimes the necessity of changing those up too, like uh, Seaside Hill has to become different because the original Seaside Hill in Sonic oh, Heroes yeah. is essentially a green hill zone. Plus, or, with the team mechanic, which you don't have anymore. Or to, uh, yeah, or in Crisis City to see what it, that would be done with a team that has all the time, money, and energy, and resources to And as a pure side-scroller. Uh, yeah, that too. There was no side-scrolling in 06. Yeah, but I mean, and that actually kind of browses into my problem that I have with Classic Sonic as a character type. Okay, what's that? So, tangent. Baby Mario and Mario, I don't have this problem with. Hmm. Because Baby Mario is physically incapable of doing the same things as adult Mario. Unless he gets a star. Yeah, um, but that's the point of the character, is that he's not the main character, he's a MacGuffin. And that the fact that he's a MacGuffin is justified by his age. He is physically incapable of being like, yeah. um, like, uh, like his adult counterpart. My problem with classic Sonic as a character is that he's essentially a skin of um, a, a, a from a, like a like a, a skin of modern Sonic, in that modern Sonic is physically and fully capable of doing everything that classic Sonic can do and more, and more. Like oh, you need precise pre- um, precise jumping um, on lock your on. on your things. Yeah, lock on homing attack. If you need a little bit more air, air dash. Um, you don't want to spin. You want to spin dash that doesn't run out. Boost. Here's your boost. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't have to charge and doesn't run out. Boost. And Sonic, classic Sonic. And the other issue is that you could make an argument if modern Sonic had never used any of classic Sonic mechanics, except that that's patently not true. Yeah. Sonic had like um, even ignoring the 3D games, he had a spin dash in advance. He had the spin dash in um in Rush, and um, it was only in Unleashed where they phased that out entirely. Lost you. Got me? Uh, are you back? Yeah, I lost you at saying it was Sonic Unleashed. They phased it out entirely. But nope. I guess just, we yeah. just talk about classic Sonic a little more. Yeah, so um, so classic Sonic does not need to exist, but for any reason to pander to your nostalgia. Mm, well, and, and also there's also the fact that story-wise he isn't, he's mute. Yeah. So kind of bummed me out. I remember people were saying like it would have been a great Easter egg to get Jaleel White to voice him. Which I don't think they're going to do for. Um, I think they're they're playing no, they're, it safe. They, they, I read why they, they, he's not going to talk in forces or anything. They said the the concept is Sonic was mute in those old games, and since we're meant to be emulating that, it wouldn't make sense to have him talk. Uh, it's one of those things where I'd have to do, personally disagree with um, with Sonic Team in yeah, that if I, they I could have, if they could have, they would have made him talk. That was not a, that was not a storytelling choice. That was a storytelling necessity. Wait, am I am I still coming through? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so there's no, and like you have 2D stages in, in, um, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in modern games. So Sonic, classic Sonic feels like a nostalgia grab, admittedly a very well done nostalgia grab because the levels are still really, really good. 
But you also have to remember, there's no such thing as a cla- like by its inherent nature as a as the, the games not being made in the '90s. There's no such thing as a classic planet. Yeah, I will that fully game. admit I prefer the uh, modern sections and generations. Mm-hmm. There's just well, more opportunities there with everything they've added. And here's what's also depressing about that. Um, at the time that uh, that uh, um, that cl- that Sound of Generations came out, they divided the game into three eras: the classic era, um, the Dreamcast era. Can you still hear me? Yes, I'm just I'm just not oh. interrupting. Okay, cool. Um, classic era, the Dreamcast era, and the modern era. And here's the, here's the rub: um, classic era, classic Sonic. Yeah. Dreamcast era, modern Sonic. Um, modern era. Modern Sonic. Models. Yeah, yeah. You kind of uh, outweigh the ratio of origins, kind of. Which unfortunately speaks to the fickle nature of the fandom, and really fandom in general, because we get this in all fandoms. It's not just Sonic. Um, the idea that oh, old is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not always true. And that's kind of why Sonic Generations rates a little bit lower for me than my top three. Is it? In what my, are your it, top three? I just want to know. So my top three would be Sonic and Sonic Three and Knuckles, yep. um, because one, it was an it was fully original game. The amount of content in that game, yeah. and as, just as a on a mechanics base, it was a fully complete game. Yeah. And, um, uh, two. Sonic Colors. Yeah. Okay. For essentially the same reasons, it it adds to the formula. It's a solid game in and of itself. The story is good. The aesthetic is good. The music is good. <laughs> There's a little bit of a, um, of a padding in the 2D. But it's still a really solid game. And what is three? Um, Sonic Mania, which we will talk about later. Yep, they're saving that for the end. Um, um, but Generations would probably be my fourth. Because okay. I'm going to say, I actually, I don't know my top three, but I actually think Generations is my number one. Interesting. Uh, I know. I, that's a controversial one that's saying they're liking more than the Genesis games. But I feel like the high points of uh, the boost formula are my favorite things in Sonic. And I know I'm going to make a lot of enemies by saying that. Um, uh, but no, I, I prefer modern to classic overall. Yep. Um, I feel there's um, more opportunities but, there. Well, I think also you're right that they started, they had refined the, the boost formula so that the, the branching pathways of unleashed and, um, and oh, it's so were, satisfying where they were way more pronounced. Like I think seaside Hill is one of my favorite for that reason. I don't like the sets going underwater parts of it as much. I think level design wise, the weakest parts of, uh, of generations are size point parts of seaside Hill, uh, planet wisp in general and the last boss. Oh God, yes. Nobody liked the, the time eater battle. Which is it's unfortunate because I feel like it's it's um it's where Sonic uh, Generation sort of falls apart at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like um even going past Planet Wisp, um uh rooftop run classic is a marathon. Which is sad because the roof the modern version is still awesome. It's a breeze. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah. also, and also, just the the best part of fan service is the reveal of uh, classic Eggman. For the time meter, uh, that line, it's Dr. Robotnik. Nobody calls me that anymore. <laughs> like, they're acknowledging, they're not saying why, but they're like, yeah, he's, they're still in the past. He was Robotnik for a while, but we're not going to say why. Yep. And so what's fascinating about that is that um, the issue with Generations is that it's a lightning in a bottle moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't do Generations again, or rather, you really shouldn't. That's, unfortunately, that didn't stop really Sonic Team as a whole from revisiting the past obsessively. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think it was a lightning in the bottle moment where you can't, you shouldn't, your next game shouldn't be Generations 2. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think people are wondering if they would. And I think people are, but there's a problem is that that's the high point of the series, but you can't revisit it. 
I mean, there's still a lot of levels they could they did we could revamp. Well, not just, not in, sense, in the sense that they couldn't they couldn't pull levels like they they missed out on a lot of my favorite levels. Mm-hmm. But um, in the, the sense that you really, game, no Sonic CD. Well, in the sense, well, but in the in the sense that you really shouldn't be like, okay, well, here's your next nostalgia grab. Here's your next nostalgia grab. Here's your next nostalgia grab. Yeah, you can't overdo it. Yeah, and Sonic Team was aware of that, so they decided that they would try something new. Are we talking about, about talk Lost World? Oh uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. This is where things get iffy again. Yeah, well, Lost World in and of itself is not inherently a bad. It is no, no. I I, I reviewed it when I was doing the interviews. I gave it a six and said it's far from the best and far from the worst. It's kind of a middling Sonic game. Yeah. Well, and the issue the issue is twofold. One. The um the the core running philosophy for the for the engine it runs counter to Sonic as a whole. Um, the idea that you have to hold down a button to yeah, no to more run. boost, no more spin dash, just this kind of dash, but it's, it's clunky. And the the issue with that is that um it should have actually been in reverse. Um, instead of holding a button to run, you hold a button to slow down. That's not a bad idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then also just like, I know you want I know they brought back the spin dash but it's functionally the boost. Yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember they piped up that parkour thing, and that was the clunkiest thing to pull off. I, I had so many problems with that. Well, and there's issue number two. The parkour system could have worked with level design that supported the parkour system. Yeah, it, it, it almost every element felt like a step backwards. Because like, well, because like Sonic has run on walls before and run up walls. Yes, yes, including there. previous boost games and adventure. Yeah. But it, it had never been mapped to a function before. Yeah, it was more scripted. Yeah, and that was I think that was great that they mapped it to a function. However, the level design did not support that. The controls didn't make it very easy to do either. Yeah. Okay, um, and just I remember just being so disappointed when that was when the, the gameplay that was first shown. I was like, you're just throwing away everything that made these past two games great. Yeah. Well, except for the writing, oddly enough. Uh, this still is. I do feel. Like, yeah, the dialogue's still fun, but I, I think this was the point where I started wishing like there was a little more concrete plot. Well, and that's what's actually fascinating about that, is that Sonic, Tails, and Eggman actually get full-on arcs for their characters. I do like the fact game. that they have to form an alliance for a little bit. Well, like, Sonic learns a little bit more about being, about one, um, about how his cocky attitude, one, oh, gets yeah. Tails in trouble. Everything goes wrong because he's like, I'm going to kick this conch. Good job, Sonic. Well, and then number two, like, uh, he learns that overcompensating is not the best way to fix his flaws either. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tails gets an arc where they reaffirm his friendship with Sonic, even though it's kind of, I don't know how he de-roboticized himself after. Like, no, he uh, faked it. Well, I know he faked it, but he still had those headpieces and the cannon attached to him. That still worked. He took him off? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, no, I remember his, he's being angry about Sonic trusting Eggman, which turns out he's right. And then, of course, also there's the whole deal of Eggman um, faking his death and having to form a partnership and really explore his relationship with Sonic, Tails, and, uh, and Sonic and Tails. Yeah. I mean, this goes into more how, like, they're kind of meta-aware and, like, they don't take him, like, a serious threat anymore. He's, like, he's more of a nuisance to them. Yeah. So and, then, and then It's kind of like whenever you'd see, po- like, the Pokemon games team, uh, team up with Team Rocket. Like, well, you're a thorn nurse, I, but all right. But then this is actually, unfortunately, not taking me seriously extends to the villains. The oh, Deadly, Deadly Six. Six. Cool design, bro, but you need good gameplay to go with it. I liked, I, I like, and I think I only really like two of them personality-wise. Um, 
is Zaz the hyper purple one? Yeah. Him and Zor the emo one. Uh, yeah. Because like they 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 would do things of like yelling insults at you during the stage, and I remember like straight up laughing at some of the things those two said. Or some of the ideas were really cool. Like you're going home in a box. That's I'd love to threaten somebody with like that. <laughs> um, but uh, they didn't really do anything with that. Uh, oh, and yeah, and no joke, I didn't beat the game because I got to the final Zavok battle and I just couldn't pull it off. I'm like, I just went and looked up the last Eggman battle on YouTube because I'm like, this is frustrating as fuck. Well, um, what's fascinating is that um, they also did a, a version on the 3DS as well. Yeah, for that its own set of problems. Well, yeah, because like, like, remember when I said that a Sonic level should never be more than three minutes? Yeah, I've heard it's long. Oh, God, yeah. And they're hoping that you'll find tricks to speed up the level. Mm. You there? The uh, um, the 3DS version has better flow. Mm. And it's very weird. Actually, can I just can I just ask you something? Shoot. So we've been going for two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like uh, I need to either soon take a break or eat something. So would you be up with the possibility of saving the cartoons for another episode, like with Chris? Yeah, sure. All right. So we'll, we'll let's just finish. We'll do all the other games and you know crap things off the mania, and then we'll talk to Chris about maybe maybe the next episode can be that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but. Uh, Lost World. And the thing I'm, also thing I remember is once I started playing it, because this was back, I, was, I went back to renting them now, and I'm like, uh, so I started playing it, and I was like, the first half of it, like, this isn't actually that bad. I'm kind of from the flow of it. And then it just hits a difficulty spike in the second half, and it's just frustrating as fuck. Oh, absolutely. And it, not only that, but there's so many different gameplay changes, too, that it's like, why? Like, first you're in a snowball, then yeah. you're in the casino, but you don't actually have to play casino. And the wisps are back. Yeah. And for then no reason. You, and they don't they don't work like the, mm-hmm. those those core six in in um in colors the games both the in the Wii and the DS version the game was designed around them. Yeah, this is a recurring problem you've been bringing up is when things don't feel designed around the gimmicks. Yeah, um, and then of course there is a and then and then at some point you're like oh and then here's a spell section. Why? Here's a snowball section. Yeah. And so, I remember, I remember, funny enough, people were saying, like, this is, when people saw the aesthetics, they were like, this is the Mario Galaxy of Sonic games. And I was like, that is an insult because I think Mario Galaxy is the best Mario game and one of the best games ever made. Yeah. I, do, I fucking adore Galaxy so much. Yeah. I was like, don't, um, don't do dare compare it to Don't, don't, don't do Galaxy dirty like that. But, uh, yeah, so I think that stumble kind of, um, that stumble plus the nature of the Wii U informed the next game. Oh, boy. I, I think... Other than 06, this is the nadir. Uh, Rise of let's talk, let's specifically talk Rise of Lyric. So, but the interesting thing about Sonic Boom is that it's all technically a spinoff. Yeah. Because did they make the games because they were making the show? Um, it's weird because I feel like it goes it goes both ways. Because I don't know I don't know whichever, but it's funny because the show has been the one that has found success. Well, I think the show was meant to hype the games. And Oops. if the games had been successful, that would have been a reboot of Sonic yeah. as a whole. Yeah, and it, it also it does sound like because this was again they uh, outsourced development to first this first time developer Big Red Button and Sanzuru for the DS, uh, 3DS, and it also sounds like Sega was just relentless in their demands and scheduling. Well, not only that, but the Wii U also played a play a big part of that too. Oh, are you talking about the technical uh, side of things? On two fronts, so Sega had after the success of Colors. They and also before Unleashed had not Unleashed Generations had fully like um, revitalized Sonic. 
um, Sega had promised that on the Wii U to revitalize oh. the system. Um, three exclusives. Not, yeah, three exclusives. Lost World, one of the Olympic Games, and then boom. Yeah. Well, because, like, um, Lost World didn't do well enough. No. And also the, the flagging, um, at the same time, people were still hankering for generations. And also the Wii U's sales were doing poorly enough that Sega wanted out of this deal. So they, that, they kind of half-assed it with their third game? So, exactly. And rushed um, it. So, yeah. so, like, so, they made, so the idea was that we thought was that we would get three awesome Sonic titles. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, we got, oh, technica- on a technicality, um, Olympic Games is going to be one of our three Yeah, games. we always get one every two years. That's a given. Nobody really and, then, um, and then Boom would be our big thing. And our big thing would be about that is that, oh, you don't like how we're doing it? Well, we're handing off to see how an American developer would do it. Whoops. Well, and I think that was a problem that, that, that not just hit them, but also hit Capcom, too. Yeah, yeah. I think the only around the time of DMC Devil May Cry. Well, that that game actually was received well critically. Just in so there was so much backlash from the moment they revealed it. Well, and that's an issue with the fact. Actually, that, I guess that applies to Boom too. When people saw the redesigns, like Knuckles, I, I I still can't really get used to Boom Knuckles. Well, my issue with the redesigns is is less less the designs and more about how the characters bend their joints. Huh? Because you notice how, like, in with the Boom designs. They actually bend around a, a very clear hinge. But hmm. it, with the classic designs, classic and modern designs, there's never a clearly defined... They're more elbow. rubber hose. Exactly. Well, but when you add that joint, it they lose their flexibility. Hmm. And it, it's something that's always that's um that's also bothered me in um in uh in uh the boom cartoon too. Mm-hmm. Um also but, made. Yeah, but in terms of the designs, I actually do like the designs, even if some of them are slightly nonsensical. Like, I mean, I feel like everybody butt knuckles is more kind of a refining, like exactly uh, slightly stretched Sonic out a bit more, give them like different accessories and clothing, but at their core, they're still the same characters. Knuckles well, was just the big overhaul. Well, like with Sonic, it's like the 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 Peach arms are because so that way his arms stand out from his sprite into. Yeah, I, I I didn't mind that. So you give him blue arms, it makes sense that he naturally has blue arms, like Sonic, like Shadow naturally has black arms, or Tails naturally has orange arms, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the wraps, okay, he's wearing red shoes, and the, the shoes and the wraps um, yep. are the, hold his shoes together. Okay, fine. The scarf is kind of dumb, but fine. Um, and same thing with Tails getting the mad scientist gloves and the, the goggles feel, for yeah, work. Yeah, Tails and Knuckles almost look identical. I mean, no, Tails and Amy look almost identical physically. Which is fine because you know what? There's not much to redo with them anyway. Yeah. Uh, Amy's outfit is more gear is better geared towards physical activity rather yeah, than in the, the world that they gave ra- us. Rather than oh look, here's a lawsuit every twelve seconds because you're showing a twelve year old girl's um panties. Oh my god. Um. Knuckles. Uh, Knuckles. I like his redesign. I, um, I I've, yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. I just it's, it's still a little jarring. But yeah. I actually um a YouTuber I like, Sun Call Me Johnny, pointed out why they probably one reason they did is because. You know, heroes on and stuff onward steps and knuckles is the heavyweight of this group. But if you look at how he compares sizeways, it's more like you have to take Sega's word for it. Exactly. This is it's then like, going, no, let's make it make sense physically. It's like as opposed to, oh, the fast dude and the strong dude, it's blue knuckle blue sonic and blue no- and red knuckles. It's also right. because in this blue world sonic. they upped his stupidity. Like he is the dumb jock of this world, so let's give him a body to match. Well, again, going back to the sort of Americanization of uh, of characters. Um, and also Sega's restrictions, like Sonic and company were very milk toast in the games throughout. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you have these very clearly defined personalities. 
Sonic is an arrogant jock who can't st- steal for five seconds. Tails is over Sonic's crap, but still finds pleasure in, in science. Um, Knuckles is the dumb meathead who gave all his leg days to Bowser in Smash 4. Um, and then Amy is, well, Amy's the positive girl. She's kind of more reasonable than the others. I like Boom Amy more than the game version because I, I always found Amy annoying in like the adventure yeah. days. Um, well, what I liked about about um, about classic Amy was that she had an arc in that she was trying to define herself as worthy of Sonic without. I mean, yeah, adventure was also her Sonic. stepping out of Sonic Shadow, but other than that, I mean, I just I didn't care. But now here, like Boom Amy, I'm like, oh hey, she's the go getter girl. It's kind of like you can look at her in like two or Adventure Two or Six and be like, yeah, they they didn't give her anything to do. Well, and that's I mean that speaks more to the culture of uh, of our world as a whole, and rather than any issues, mm, well, well, any issues that are purely um. Talk about Japanese women culture is a rabbit hole, but uh, yeah. we're not here to talk about that. And then there's sticks. I I don't like sticks. I mean, if we're talking the cartoon, uh, that's gonna be a different discussion. But I'm, I'm, like, I, I want to like sticks. Yeah, Sam. Um, and some of her jokes are actually funny. Yeah. Like, I, uh, okay. You know, I know we're gonna save mainly because boom cartoon talk for another episode, but. Uh, some of the, like I see keep seeking clips of it online, and it's amazing how crazy and meta some of the jokes get. Did you see the cup of tea joke? Sorry, sticks, but dirt throwing isn't my cup of tea. Thankfully, I know something that is my cup of tea: a cup of tea. Why did you just say that? Remember before I said I know something that is my cup of tea? I was just finishing the thought. But you said that like an hour ago. Yeah, but imagine if you were an outside observer just watching pieces of the conversation. You see them too. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, this, that's an issue that I have with Boom. Oh, that's one of my favorite things about it. I like that it's meta. I don't like that the characters are are, are, are aware that they're in a cartoon and yeah. exist solely for the sake of... But anyway... But, okay. but, the, but we're not talking about the cartoon. We're talking about Rise of Lyric. And did you play the 3DS game at all? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I played, uh, I played um, the first Shattered one. Crystal or Fire and Ice? Uh, Shattered Crystal. Okay, apparently Fire and Ice was better, but Shattered Crystal was, like, too reliant on backtracking, collecting things to progress. Yeah. And as a, yeah, level design was a mess. Mm. Um, But at least it was playable. Okay, did you play Rise of Lyric? No. Yeah, I, I that's, other than it was six, like, that no six, I avoided straight up, like, why bother? Also, um, also, trivia note with Lyric, this is why puns are not always the best things. So you know how like Sonic refers to his speed, right? Yeah. But what else does Sonic refer to in terms of like general lexicon, like dictionary thing? I don't remember. Sonic, the speed of sound, right? Oh yeah. But what is a lyric? Sonic, uh, uh, Sonic Boom? It's a music lyric also relates to sound. It's okay. dumb. It's really, really dumb. Wait, is that why they, the only reason they named that villain lyric? I have to guess that's the I guess only I have no reason. idea what that name means. He's a big robot snake. What does that have to do with the word lyric? I, I'm guessing that it's like, oh, it's another sound-related word that we can tie to our yeah. protagonist. And from what I've seen, like, story-wise, it's also just throwaway. Uh, the characters don't shut up again. Uh, and I know that, like, they have Metal Sonic and Shadow in there probably just for the sake of them being like, hi, I'm this character. Well, and that speaks to a problem that that Sega Sonic Team has had with their characters, as memorable as they are. But we'll get into that. Um, the um, the yeah, like from a story perspective, it's oh, Robot Snake from the past time travel to seal the, the Robot Snake so he has a beef with Sonic later on in the future, and this is how Eggman gets his device that allows him to control robots. That's literally the, the plot of Sonic Boom: Rise of Lyric. Yeah, but it also 
yeah, gameplay wise, like this is another. This is like I think people were another even before it came out. People were like, "This is too extreme a shift." Yeah, like where's the speed? Where, why is this a brawler? Why is it a generic 3D platformer? And why is the speed this like almost auto runner with most abysmal frame rate ever? Because I think beyond, beyond literally beyond the character designs, there was not a philosophy there. Hmm. Because I'm like I look at the world building. I'm like, there's nothing here. Yeah. Um, like even like I'm gonna dump on the show for a little bit. Like there's the show at least has a world. I, it's not a world that I appreciate. I find the world pretty world. generic in the show. I'm more about I like who has the dialogue and the writing. Um and but and the the game didn't even have that. Um and then of course there was the break the the the, the glitches. The level design was a mess. Uh, about how like the 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 multiplayer one person had to look at the gamepad and the graphics got even worse on both screens yeah like, just what a mess like how and well and okay the how you need to have sonic team i i, don't, I can't speak to you to get directly but don't be rushed to be the killer app of the next generation stop doing that they never just, learn do they because that is the same issue that hit them with sonic 06 exactly we have, we have to hit it at this particular time no no you don't that's why you delayed uh mania and forces Mm-hmm. So they they learn there. Um, you don't. Um, you don't have. I wouldn't to be surprised be, if it happens again. I'm just saying, and so on and so forth. And uh, also, don't trust people you don't that you don't that, that, that don't have a pedigree. Oh yeah, this was the company's first game. Actually, the 3DS version. Those guys made the uh, PS3 Sly Cooper game, which I really liked. So yeah. Well, I think also they they didn't really know how to differentiate it from from a Sonic game. It was their first time doing anything like Sonic, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if Sanzaru is still existing. I think they do, but I don't know what they're doing after Fire and Ice. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, I mean, I'm guessing there probably won't be any more Boom games because uh, apparently uh, the first like the first two are some of the worst selling in the series history. Like the yeah. reputation spread real quick, which is interesting because Fire and Ice did. Better, but still but, probably not good. Enough. I still don't know why they went ahead with it after those sales, but that's Sega's decision. Well, they probably testing the waters. Just I think uh, the 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 3DS version sold well, uh, Fire, Shadow Crystal sold well enough. Plus, yeah. they wanted to, to 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 toss a throwaway that still kept a connection with the TV series. They probably wanted to promote the show because that was doing well. Yeah. So but, um. So I guess we should. To well, actually, that brings us to not to the present. That brings us to the iPhone. Okay. So, um... Oh, but I think you're getting it's going to link to the present. Oh, it's, it will link. Yep. But, so, remember how I was saying um, earlier that sa- we were saying save states are so freaking awesome? We were, we were thinking that and another and a certain man. Yes. So, a certain man, um, this, there's this fan named Christian Whitehead. And for a long time, he'd been making Sonic ROM hacks. Yep. Um, there's make- a big scene for that in general. Yeah, basically taking the – for those who don't know, ROM hack is basically you take the engine of the existing game, program some extra levels, and then create your own essentially – Yeah, own or even game. art assets or mechanics, but building yeah. off the foundation of a game. So he'd been doing this for a while, and he'd been largely unsatisfied with um, with uh, Sonic's team's efforts. Right. Um, especially after Sonic 4. Yeah, so yeah. What he decided to do is he decided that he would make a port of the, of the CD game Oh, not the CD game, the Sonic, the Sega CD game, Sonic CD, and ported yeah. it for iPhones. And so he made the port, and then he presented the engine to Sega, and they said, and he said, look, here's an engine. I don't even care what you do with it. Just do what you, whatever you want. So 
Sega's like, you know what? We were going to do something like that, but we like yours better. So they ported um, Sonic CD to yeah, the Yeah, they iPhone. hired him to do official mm-hmm. ports with, like, enhanced features. And the cool thing about – yeah, like, some of these enhanced features are the ability to choose between the European and Japanese soundtracks. Because- or, different, or, like, Tales in Game 3 wasn't originally playable, widescreen. Mm-hmm. I wish they'd put – they put the CD port on consoles, but not uh, his two – did he do three? Uh, no, he hasn't done that. Oh, I wish. But uh, they didn't um, put the so- two port on consoles either. So then they said, oh, so they're like, okay, well, he passed the hard test. Here's some easy money. Port Sonic 1. He did so. Then he ported Sonic 2. And threw in Knuckles. And so... Wait, I, you said he didn't port 3 Knuckles. No, he he ported Sonic 2, but you know how you can put Sonic 2 in... You can put Knuckles in Sonic 2? Yeah. He did that. Oh, okay. And so this is making enough chunk change for Sega that... Sega and Sonic Team, that they're like, you know what? We don't stand much to lose. How would you like to make your own game? A new retro Sonic game. Yeah. So he says, okay, cool, awesome. So he goes and he goes and he finds his buddy Simon Thomley, mm-hmm. who works at a he runs a studio called Headcanon. And they're on board. And um and so they make this game. But to sell it, they're like, hmm, well, we need an awesome we're going retro, right? Well, what's the one thing that people remember about Retro Sonic other than Sonic 3 and Knuckles? The Sonic CD opening. So they go on the internet. They, or rather, they don't actually go on the internet. They go over to Archie and they say, hey, oh, do, yeah. you, do you know any peoples? And they're like, well, we've got this one guy. He's, he doesn't have any more work now, now that you canceled our comic book buttholes. Um, but you can use him. So they hire this um, this YouTube, this uh, this uh, comic artist, Tyson Pess, who, wouldn't you know it, he animates too. Um, yep. Yep. and Tyson, and so he's like, and so he says, Hey, um, well, you know what? I could do this, but I also know some internet peeps who would also be good at this because I can't really, you know, go around grabbing people. So he goes and he, uh, he asks, um, the guys behind Ego Raptors animation video, um, animated music videos, Studio Yada. Yada yeah. They helped um, with, with, with the production. And for the pre-order trailer, he also goes out to ask this guy, Anthony Holden, and also Muriel Cartwright, right? Who works at Lab Zero. And all these people together. Oh, and by the way, they also decided, you know what? While we're on the fan train, there's this guy, T. Lopes. He's kind of awesome. Yep, um, for the music. He does, he, does he, he makes some awesome music. And who did the who did the, the, the music for the pre-order trailer for, um, for um, not pre-order, the, 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 the pre-opening trailer for, um, for Fire and Ice? Those guys are pretty cool, too. Oh. So um, T. Lopes is doing the main music. Hyper Potions is doing all the promo music. Um, uh, Tyson Hess, Studio Yada, Muriel Cartwright, and Anthony Holden are yep. doing the, the FMVs, yep. and this is all this is all to hype up a game being made by two fan creators, um, Simon Tomley, Chris Christian Whitehead, and this other studio named Pagoda West, whose stuff escapes me at the time being. Yep, and this leads us to what we've been promising. Uh, just came out, and it is Sonic Mania. By the Mania, for the Mania. I know it doesn't make sense, but y'all are crazy. Also, y'all before we dive into talking the game, I just want to—I posted this on the show's uh, Twitter. Uh, I linked you, uh, you and Chris, the opening when it first got put on YouTube. I'm going to read Chris's mm-hmm. response. Uh, I'm not going to scream it, but it is ah ah deep ass breath gahi and then a bunch of random numbers and symbols nine i w nine j j j nine w nine w j d n a. He lost his mind. Yeah, I kind of wish, um, in hindsight, if, if the podcast was a little older, I think a reaction video would have been great. Because <laughs> it would have been you trying to keep us from, like, uh, you would have had to strap me and Chris down to keep us from, like, flaming. Oh, maybe I could try that in the future. Um, uh-huh. 
and but it, I'm sure we'll talk about this with Chris on your follow up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let's dive into Mania itself because this is what we've been promising, and this is obviously the most prominent th- Sonic related thing right now. So uh, yeah. What so, do you want to start with now that we've given the behind the scenes history? So let's start off with the story. So to- Sonic and Tails, in an homage to Sonic Fleet, are chasing down Doctor Eggman, uh, and because he's found this mysterious new source of energy and. Wouldn't you know it, right when they get there, they stand and gawk as Eggman digs it out of the ground, and you get this thing called the Phantom Ruby, according to the instruction book. Okay, that's what it is. Um, the Phantom Ru- Ruby transforms Eggman's um, four, five egg robots into the hard-boiled heavies. Yep, kind of the new Deadly Six, but they all have the classic egg robot look. Uh, uh, things, yes. And I think I lost you again. No, you have me. Okay, cool. Meanwhile, so the, what happens is um, the hard-boiled heavies warp Sonic and Tails to Green Hill Zone and then leave. Unfortunately, as they're leaving, they also knock, knock Knuckles upside the head and he gets warped to Green Hill Zone too. Because mm-hmm. he's so chilling ha- on, on Angel Island. Yeah. So what happens is this chase throughout time and space as Sonic and Sonic Tails and, and Knuckles have to race to get back this Phantom Ruby. Right. And after and so basically the formula is they catch up with Eggman, they either naturally progress to the to the next area of the world that would logically exist from wherever it is that they are, or they or they warp, or they get warped. Um, and after a while, the story sort of kind of halfway gives up and says, well, "Screw it! I know you're on Little Planet, but now you're on Angel Island." <laughs> um, and then, uh, do we want to talk about the the ending? I think we can because I think there's been like people are kind of divided about it. So, um, so Sonic eventually t- chases Eggman to his f- factory. On um on Little Planet, and beats the crap out of both Eggman and the uh, and the Heavy King, um, but unfortunately the K- Chaos Emeralds do not react well with the Phantom Ruby, and so the fa- both Sonic and the Phantom Ruby are sent out into the void. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this, um, Sonic makes a very familiar pose to people who've been following Sonic in um for the last year or so. Um, it's the pose that he makes at the end of the trailer for um, for Sonic Forces. Yep. Not only that, but throughout the game, the Phantom Ruby has been chugging and making this weird noise, this weird like reality reality chugging noise that also appears in a trailer in Sonic Forces. So it's implied that Sonic Forces is also a prequel, not Sonic Forces. It is a lead Sonic, in. Yeah, Mania. Mania is, is a lead in. This is how classic Sonic ends up back in the present. Uh huh. Which I mean, I'm of two minds about that. Um, one, the ending. One, I don't really like it because it means that the game has a harder time standing on its own. Yeah, it also means that if Forces does end up bad, it's going to kind of taint Mania by association. That being said, um, I think it's ingenious in a number of ways. Um, one, the ending is ambiguous enough that it doesn't really um, that you can read it however you want. You can read it as Sonic going jumping into a portal yeah. that takes him off of the planet, and he just ends up in a different spot than than Tails and Knuckles. Yeah. Also, the other thing I want to point out is it's you know since it's still building on the Genesis template, it is such a minimal story game, no dialogue spoken or text. Uh, so because it's less reliant on plot, even if you don't like the ending, it has less of an impact on the overall package. No, that but it's like you can read it as self-contained. It's just it stands on its own. Um, two. Um, if you want to, you can read it as a lead-in into Forces, and you know that Sonic does eventually make it back home as long as the story is resolved in Forces. Oh, yeah, I think you can assume that. It's just it's just going to be a shame if Forces does end up bad. Uh-huh. Um, I'm then, hoping it's not because what I'm seeing I'm still excited about, but we, we yeah. don't know yet. Yeah, and then number three, 
this actually ties into, at least personally on my level, this ties into the ending of Sonic um, 4 Episode 2. Hmm. How did that end? So Sonic 4 Episode 2 has um, Sonic and Tails going to Little Planet, the planet from Sonic CD. Yeah. That's been, instead of being chained to to Sonic's planet, it's been encased inside a death egg. So basically, imagine the entire world being trapped inside the Death Star, for those of you who are Yeah, the Death Egg is a clear Death Star reference. So the game ends with um, Sonic and Tails um, um, escaping from the from the Death Egg Mark II, which is as encased little planet. And the game is implied that it implies that in um, that they will do something with that later. Of course, later never actually comes. Right. So um, what ends up happening is, um, so what I like to read it as is that in the ending of Sonic Mania, um, they destroyed the chain connecting um, Little Planet to uh, to uh, the, the planet. and Much like Sonic CD. Yeah, and freeing it from, from Eggman's control. So I like to read the ending of Mania as being a follow-up to the ending of Sonic, uh, Sonic 4 Episode 2, even though it's implied that um, Mania takes place before, um, before um, 4, or after 4 and 4 never happened. I, I feel like it would have to take place before because 4, 4 used the modern designs. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so we should talk about the actual game, too. Oh, yes. Oh, actually, one last note of trivia. Hmm. Um, my favorite part of the opening, um, the pre-order trailer, trailer in the opening. So they get in the elevator, right? Yeah. So, like, um, Mania has a lead-in where Sonic and Tails and Knuckles go into an elevator that leads into a special area, special yes. world. And the floors, and the, yeah. And so, like, the, the elevator reads 1, 2, 3, K, M, meaning Sonic the Hedgehog 1, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and Sonic 3 Knuckles, and Mania. Sonic Mania. Yeah. And apparently there's no 4 on that elevator because 4 never CD. happened. Yeah, so that's why that's where my theory still still sort of holds up. But it's it's a it's a fun little tongue in, tongue in cheek about about the yeah, nature of because what, actually my biggest gripe with the game is two thirds of the levels are reimagined zones from the classic era. Yeah. And I really wish it was a we only get four new zones. The new zones are so good that I wish they would have been able to just commit. Maybe it was a matter of time and money. Be better well, to reuse old assets and such. Well, uh, and, and that's sort of my issue with with Mania is that I think that for the fans, by the fans, has both good and bad meaning. It's kind of what we talk about in generations and trying to tether yourself too much to what's already been done. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but grabbing everything. Rather than just cherry picking the things that work the best, like uh, uh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, like uh, like the the boss, uh, the the egg, the the zone boss of Chemical Plant Act Two. Mm-hmm. Is that a funny little wink and a nod? Absolutely. That being said, there's a reason why there's no such thing as Doctor Robotnik's meme being machined too. There's a lot of puyo puyo. Yeah, I've never played Puyo Puyo. Chris never played the latest. Of course, I played the last one. But um, I think. Oh well, yeah, one. So I, I actually had that boss bold for me before I did. I wish I hadn't. I think I've had all the cameos spoiled because there are a lot of long gone characters who pop up. And, and uh, the yeah, and the issue is that if you're not a hardcore Sonic fan, right. you're not going to be interested. You're going to be, and if you might not even know how to play it. They don't give directions. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and if you're not a fan of the old Sonic sprites, you're going to wonder why certain animations play the way they do. Mm-hmm. Like when Sonic does his running in midair because he's run off a uh, run off a uh, off of a, uh, a ramp or a half pipe, that just feels like oh, you just didn't decide to animate that as opposed to a a conscious design decision. 
the drop dash, I love it for speed running, but if you're not a speed runner, it's not, you're never going to find use for it. If you even figure out how to use it at all. Yeah. I still haven't. How do you do it? Yeah. What's, um, what's... When you jump, you hold the A button in midair. Do I, do, wait, I don't, do you, do I like, do I keep the jump button held down once the jump starts? No, you, you have to tap, you have to hit it once in midair and hold it. Oh, that's how, okay. Yeah. They don't give you any direction for that in the game. Which also becomes frustrating once you become supersonic, and that's also the control for turning into supersonic. Whoops. But um, I don't want to... No, no, I I, I actually... But I think it's... I still really like the game. Yeah, it's really solid. It's a testament to how good the game is, that despite its flaws, it's a a very solid game. But at the same time, I also have issues with the the length a little bit. You think it's too long? No, I think it's too short. Um, Mm. I got to the end with... Where I'm like, okay, and then I beat the game with Supersonic, and I got the secret ending that was kind of minimalistic, so eh, now what? Yeah. Well, like, at, uh, at least it wasn't 60 bucks. They, I feel like they priced it appropriately. Oh, absolutely. Like, actually, I think it could've, they could have gone up for another $10. It was a 20 or It was 20 right? Yeah, it was just 20 I feel like so many games of that kind would be 30 like, I think they so. Yeah. Like, I think it has enough content, and I think it's solid. I think that the, there's a few intentional isms that don't quite work and there are a few bugs that i wish that i i'm kind of surprised we're not ironed out yeah but you know i think what's really important to what makes it work is i i'm kind of i'm in the camp that people like dimps never really got a hang of what makes old school 2d sonic level designs work these guys got it oh yeah i just would wish that they were not so hung up on the past that they're not moving forward. Does, do we know if that was Sega's insistence or if it was theirs? Um, no idea. Because I'd be inclined to believe it's Sega given what we've talked about with past games. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, banking on that nostalgia. People are already complaining because also uh, Green Hill Zone is going to be a level again in Forces. And people are like, okay, lay off the Green Zone. Well, not only that, but like uh, uh, there's, there's level chatter in, during the promos that suggest that the chemical plant's going to be a thing too. Yeah, and there's also, it looks like there's going to be way too much chatter, level chatter again in general. But, uh, yeah, so I'm just like, ah. At least in Generations, you could turn Omochao off. Uh-huh, yeah, but I mean, I, want to, I still want to stick on Mania because I feel like uh, we, we've got more to, to cover there. Well, okay, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess we could probably start wrapping up. Um, and I am sorry to you that we didn't really get to talk the cartoons, but we have been recording for three hours, which yeah. is amazing. Uh I really appreciate just how in depth you're able to get about all these, all these. How many games do we talk? Holy shit! Um, a lot. I we know we said a lot them. about all of them, and mm-hmm. I, I, it's been a lot of fun actually. I am t- exhausted, but it's a happy kind of exhausted, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think you, that we, we, well, both of us, but you in particular, did a really good job pointing out like why certain things have worked and not worked. Um, I think you even gave me some additional perspective on certain things, and. Yeah. Do you have anything else do you want to say about the Sonic games in general? Um, there it's weird, like to me that Sonic's basically Sonic if Sonic could nail down the gameplay, he could overtake Mario. Hmm. But that's always been his problem because the marketing has always been on point. The designs have always been on point. The music has always been on point. The aesthetic has always been on point. And it hell, even the story, as cheesy as they get uh, most of the time has always been on point. The aesthetic was not at on point in 06. Well, yeah. But even but even <laughs> that they're even that they're in Nadir, 
They tried. They, they knew how to make sell a Sonic game. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the games that they, they've made have, um, have very rarely been worth selling. Even something like Mania. I'm sorry. Breath of the Wild stomps all over Mania from a quality perspective. I it's, think we're going to make some enemies with this episode. Like, it's, it's very, very sad that as good as Mania is... It w- if it was a Mario game, it would be an alright Mario game at I think, best. you know, I kind of get the feeling I might like Mania more than you. Like, my only real hang-up with it is, one, the reuse of levels. But also, I, I guess I touched on this earlier, like, both Sonic and Mario these days, I'm far more interested whenever they do a 3D game. Because yeah. I feel like in the 2D realm, we've kind of seen everything from a mechanic standpoint we can with those guys. Agreed. I think there's more to be explored. Yeah. Look, look by- at Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Did you hear our E3 episode? Like, I lost my shit talking about the game. I'm so pumped. I gotta go back and re-listen to that. But, um, like, I don't think we've mined the most that Sonic can do in 2D. But we've done the... and We've done everything he can with his base moveset. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Are you back? Yep. Okay, I, you, I, I, I was just saying, like, I think we've mined everything we can with the base moveset of a classic play. I would disagree, but I think we've mined that aesthetic as far as that can go. Well, man, we've been like, talked about Mania looks fantastic. Yeah, well, like, not, because, just, not not necessarily the aesthetic, but like we like how we both gushed over like Studioopolis or Mirage Saloon. Well, or, just um, the amount of animation and detail. Yeah, but we're never going to move past that if we don't if we don't keep chaining it to Chemical Plant and Lava Reef and uh, and Stardust Speedway. And yeah. all of those. Like, let's see what those... Um, I've seen some people theorizing that they think Sega will very much gauge what to do with Sonic after looking at the, how people react to both Mania and Forces. And that's what sort of worries me, because I don't... I, I don't I want like, them to abandon the boost formula. Well, not only that, but I think that the, the, the hardcore fan is going to latch onto Mania. They already have. The Well, exactly. But the casual... Not never played a Sonic game. Well, only knows a boom. Yeah, they're gonna exactly. They're gonna jump on forces because it's got it, it's got fidelity, but it'll yep. probably also have fidelity. Do you, do you want to talk about forces at all before we wrap up? Uh, sure. I I am excited for it. Me too. It's it's looking. I the the actual hands-on previews have been very uh, mixed, um, yeah. including some people saying I liked four colors and generations and I didn't care for this. But the gameplay I'm seeing like does look fun and. I think right now the only thing I'm still iffy about is how the uh, the custom characters will play, mm-hmm. because that also looks like it kind of slows things down. And I'll just, I mean, it looks like it's just how it all feels. Yeah, I mean, uh, how I, using these abilities are. Uh, but then, like, did you see the video that just came out with like the tag team gameplay? Yeah, I liked it. Well, I liked it, but I also didn't like that part with the double boost where I'm like, well, that's well, scripted. Exactly. I'm like, how much control do I have over that? That's, that's never been that big an issue for me, unless the unless like, they made a whole game that was like that. And that's what I'm worried about with forces because I've never, I haven't seen anything that suggests a, a a a proportionate amount of control. Well, I'm also worried about its story because I've heard they're not using those same writers anymore, <laughs> and so now it's almost looking like 06 version two. Mm. On the other hand, some of the things that they're doing from a, a a aesthetic standpoint are on point. Like infinite, the whatever he is. I I think it's the infinite stuff is kind of dumb so far, but I, but I I love how stupid it is. It's so over the top. I guess it's that the writing they're showing still has none of the tongue in cheek feel. Uh, 
and that's one thing where I kind of have to wait. And it see would be it. kind of odd if you had the like the dialogue style of the adventure games with the modern cast. And I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen. Because that's what I'm worried about. But on the one hand, like Infinite is so over designed that I love it. Because like, I if, would love it if they did like a bait and switch with what he ended up being. Like, uh, oh, he's I probably think- the Avatar. Oh yeah, probably. No, I, I was thinking like I've never seen another game that did this. Did you play all the Jack and Daxter games? No. Do you know about the reveal at the end of three? Uh, that uh. The precursors, that. what they actually were. Yeah, I know that. It's brilliant, and it pissed some people off, but I loved it. Uh, well, I mean, I think that they're leading into that because, like, have you seen the, the the media that they've been releasing for him with like his song, uh, theme of Infinite? Kinda, yeah. Where it's like this is this hard rock, new metal. Yeah. Uh, Super. I would love if it leads up to some sort of joke or left turn twist, because uh, you know there's probably going to be some twist with who he is. Oh yeah. Um, or we'll um, what? They, hmm? Or what? What were you saying? Or like uh, what they did with Metal Sonic with the. Oh, by the way, so we know that you don't really love the U.S. version of Stardust Speedway. We made it. Uh, we made it. Wub wub. It's awesome. <laughs> the uh, the Metal Sonic battle on Mania is also kind of crazy. Yeah, but, like, uh, I mean, they only released the theme. Let me see if I can find it. Um, oh, no, oh, no, I was talking about uh, Mania. Can I, I wanted to bring up, because um, was my least favorite part of the metal fight in Mania is when you have to throw, like, those metal sonic balls at him. Yeah, but that was kind of dumb. Were this, were they, were those robots inspired by the Game Gear Sonics? Yep. They make the sound effects and ride the rocket. I'm like, holy shit, they drew from everything. You there? I'm host for forces. Okay, one more time. I, lo- I, I, I lost you. Oh, okay. So I just put the uh, the the I Sonic see the video. Versus, you, yeah, yeah, versus Metal Sonic, where it's like it's the U.S. version, but it's really cool. Cool. My my issue is just always going to be it's like okay, well, it's the same issue that I have with Spider Man for PS4. This looks great. How much of that was was play playthrough? How much of that was scripted? Yeah, I actually have to say for Spider Man though. Because on the one hand, like when you're running, when you're when you're doing a perfect speed run. It looks effortless. It looks like you're playing a movie. That's stuff to do. Hello. Me. Okay. Um, well, we we can still. I guess we can wrap up now. Um. Yeah. Well, actually, let me go plug this other laptop in. It doesn't have a microphone, so it's gonna be. We're pretty much of- done. We just need to do our outro. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. For the, I'm, I don't know if people, it will still come through in the final edit, but we just I just lost Colin for like three minutes. Um, we've had some various connection troubles. So I'll try to edit out most in the finished product. But uh, congratulations. We didn't even get to cartoons, and this is our longest episode ever. We didn't even comic. Yeah, and oh my god. like We have to do a part two with the cartoons and the comics because that's Yeah, I think – so once we know what Chris's deal is, I'm going to tell him let's get together, all three of us, and do that part two with that. And maybe we can get like his quick thoughts on the games, like whatever he really wants to get across in bullet point form. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll return to uh, the normal schedule of him and me taking picks. But again, Colin, thanks so much for taking all this time to just uh, n- people. Now you know the ins and outs of how me and Colin feel about all the main Sonic games. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and thank you for having me and like allowing me to just geek out. Oh, it's always it's always fun having you on the uh, Ghost in the Shell. So it was cool hearing your, your thoughts and everything. And uh, I'm, I'm, and besides the next episode, I'm sure we're going to have you on again at some point because uh, me and Chris talk to you pretty often. Hey. Uh, so, again, if you want to listen to us, I mean, no, no, if you want to see more of our stuff, uh, you can find an archive of all these shows' episodes on my uh, YouTube. And you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, and pretty much everything uh, at Behonkis, B E H O N K I S S. The show's uh, 
show can be got the show can be found its pages on Twitter and Facebook uh, sketch watch play for both accounts and again Colin where can people find you you can find me by googling stripper wing I am on Facebook Twitter Tumblr Instagram the entire thing except for adult sites I don't do that um, at K-I-P-P-E-R-W-I-N-G. I make an animated comic book called The Crimson Fly. You can find that at thecrimsonfly.com. And um, you can also find the YouTube videos of the treatment process on my YouTube channel at um, user, youtube.com slash user slash skipper wing. Thank you again for having me, John. Yes. Uh, so um, I'm for the first time without Chris, but I think we did pretty well. I am John Flurry. And I'm Colin Bird. Uh, and the best sentence I think can, the best sonic line I can think of to sum up our recording process is watch out they're gonna crash Have you ever heard the Japanese version of Tails going down scene? No, I have to look, look that up. it up because the actress, instead of the final line of like, I'm going down, she emits this screech, which is like, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, and somebody edited together where Sonic is going saying he has watch out here and crash while in the background. Yeah. And he also she also says something that I can't unhear it in because in the YouTube comments somebody sounds like it does, she's going, Bob Dylan! What? Tails? Watch out! You're gonna crash! Ah! Tails! I will have to look this up. Yeah, along with, I already know that, um, who's the Japanese voice actor for Sonic? Uh, Junichi Kanemaru. He loves to do random English like, that's right. Okay. Okay. It's okay! Because Adventure 1 and 2 had Japanese voice options, and it was always fun hearing that. Uh, This is going to be the after-fade-out clip I use. Good night, everybody. Thank you. No way! See you! Stop! Thank you! All right! Shit!